episode 992. Back from hiatus, this podcast returns for the first time in front of a live in-house audience here at Beer Rock. We're joined by a special guest to look at both last night's third preseason game and the 2018 Green Bay Packers season as a whole. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good afternoon, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. Today we're going to examine a 13-6 Packers loss against the Raiders last night. And to do so, we're joined by a very special guest of the show. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by former Packers tight end and Super Bowl champion, Tom Crabtree. How you doing, Brian? Very good. How have you been, Tom? It's been a few years since we've seen each other in person. It's been a little while. It has but I been. feel like we haven't missed a beat. I feel right <laughs> at home with you. In fact, I mean, you used to be a regular weekly guest of Railbird Central back... I think it was maybe your first or second year with the team. Yeah. What, what do you remember about that? Um, not a whole lot. Doesn't ring a bell <laughs> at all. No, I'm kidding. No, I remember, uh, you know, just, just having genuine laid-back convos about the games and about the upcoming game and what we need to fix and adjust. And it was, you know, I'm not a player anymore, so I can be a little more candid and honest about how horrible that game was last night. And... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it was fun, though. I'm glad to be back. Well, thank you. And enough reminiscing. We'll talk some football here. Um, Tom, last night, the third preseason game. That used to be known as kind of the dress rehearsal for teams, and not all that long ago. I think it probably was when you were playing. What, whatever happened to that? Yeah, it's weird. You look at, I mean, just a few years ago, and, and some teams still treat it this way. Um, the third preseason game is kind of your dress rehearsal for the season. Um, I think what has changed is, especially with Green Bay, they need number 12 to be healthy in the regular season. So game number three in the preseason, not so much a big deal. Uh, we don't need to worry about that. We know he can play. We know he can throw the ball. Let's just get him to week one, and we'll be good. But other teams, you got, you know, like the Bills or, or whoever, if you got a rookie quarterback or a new coordinator, um, they need that, that practice in the preseason to kind of, you know, figure things out. Yeah. Um, now, ease my mind, ease all our minds after we all watched a 13-6 to loss last night. And, uh, you know, as a Packer fan, you'd never want to see a loss, even when it's in the preseason uh, they only scored six points on offense. Uh, is this team going to be better in the regular season? Do you want me to ease your mind, or do you want me to be honest? <laughs> I'm not sure. Whatever you want. It's your show. <laughs> Whatever you want right now. Give me the unvarnished truth. I don't think there's too much to be worried about. I don't... I, the one thing that stood out to me last night that I am a little concerned about is, you know injuries happen throughout the regular season... I'm worried about the, the, the offensive line play last night, the backups on the offensive line. 
I'm worried about who you plug in there if one of your starters goes starters goes down. Um, I don't know, man. It was it was not good as a whole as a unit last night on the offensive line. That was my one takeaway as far as what to be concerned about. Um, but other than that, I think there were some bright spots. There were some things to be encouraged about. Yeah, we'll see what magic uh, new GM Brian Gutekinds can do here uh, before the end of training camp, bring in another offensive lineman, whether it's via trade or the waiver wire or whatever. Um, I know you're an offensive guy, but we, we did have to be encouraged by the play of the defense last night. And, and uh, you know, in particular, two rookie cornerbacks each yep. having – Interceptions. I know one was called back by penalty, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on the the Packers spending their first two draft picks on a pair of corners who are looking good? Yeah, I think it, it's looking like that that paid off so far. I know it's preseason and um, they have a long regular season ahead of them, but it's looking like those two guys are everything and then some uh, that they thought they would be, and that's what they needed, man. They look like playmakers. They look like athletes back there making big plays, big flashy plays, interceptions, pick six. Um, so that's what you want to see in the preseason from those rookies. How do you feel about new defensive coordinator Mike Pettin and what he's going to bring to the table to the Packers this year? I feel good about it. I think a change was needed. Um, I think, you know, hopefully it'll bring a kind of a change of attitude, kind of refresh the guys that are – the veteran guys that are already there, like Clay, Tremont. Um you know, and I think he's shown kind of uh, as a coordinator an ability to adjust on the fly and work with what he has and, and make those kind of adjustments. So, uh, you know, if there's injuries or whatever comes up during the season, if something's not working, I think he's, he's going to do a good job of making those adjustments that they need. Um, so I'm, I'm very encouraged by, you know, having him on there. Yes, I hope so myself. And uh, a new, uh, new life was needed into that Packers defense. Yep. Speaking of new faces in Green Bay, you're a tight end. Jimmy Graham's a tight end. I mean, what, what is he going to bring to the Green Bay Packers offense and, and the unique dynamic that, that he brings from a tight end perspective? Well, you know, it's very similar style of play between me and Jimmy, so I, I see a lot of myself in him when he's out there. Um, thank you. Thank you. If you can't hear this at home, there's a – Huge applause. Um, but I, I think he's another guy they absolutely had, they had to bring a, that type of guy on board to stretch the field on that offense, especially losing a guy like Jordy, who was oftentimes a big vertical threat um, on play-action passes, kind of you know keeping the defense and the secondary honest. I think Jimmy is that type of guy in a different way. I know he's a tight end, but... You know, he's, he's a red zone threat. He's a stretch to field kind of seam type of guy. Like, he's not going to go in there and block and, you know, be impactful in the run game. But to go off of that, they brought Mercedes Lewis in, who's a fantastic blocker, a tight end. Um, I think this team's really deep in, in a lot of areas on offense. Tight end. Uh, running back, they're dinged up right now, but when they're healthy, they're deep. Wide receiver, they got some young guys, but they have depth as well. Uh, they got Devontae, they got Randall, they got Geronimo Allison, they got the rookies. Like, I, there's fantastic depth on this team at, at just about every skill position. Like I said earlier, only thing I worry about is the offensive line depth. Starters are going to be good, we know that, but um, worry about that depth. 
Hey, now, Jimmy Graham, he's never scored on a fake field goal, I'm no. sure. So, I mean, no, you no. got the leg up on him there. Right, exactly. Thank you, thank you. You mentioned Mercedes Lewis, and could you talk a little bit more about him? Because I think he was one of the more underrated signings of this offseason for the Packers. You said a guy who can, who can block, but I, th- I think he can do more than just that. Yeah, he can, and unfortunately, I think he had a – he might have had a bad drop last night, if I'm not mistaken. Kendricks did too. But um, usually, I mean, he seems like the type – he's an under-the-radar type of tight end as far as a receiving threat. Um, he's usually pretty sure-handed. Um, and so he's a guy you can count on. He, he's not specifically a blocker where he comes in the game and you know it's a run play. Like, I think you can sneak him into the game and run a play action or something like that and catch him in the seam or catch him coming across the middle. Um, so that's a good guy to have too. Um, and then they, they got a couple young guys, uh, Bird and is it Tanyan? Tanyan? Yeah. He's been crazy? looking good. They've both been looking good. Yeah. And it's, it, that'll be interesting to me at tight end because um, I kind of feel like the odd man out at tight end right now, as far as those top four, five guys or whatever, it would be like Kendricks, which is weird to say, like, um, because he is a veteran with, you know, more of a, a history and kind of a resume than the two young guys. But I think they've kind of surpassed him and shown their skill set to be a little little superior to him at this point and the, uh, more of a ceiling. For yeah. Uh, Graham and uh, Lewis are no spring chickens. They need a young guy when yep. they're gone. Yep, absolutely. Um, the Packers have three young wide receivers. They drafted three in the NFL draft this year. They got Jake Kumaro. Now, these guys are catching passes from Aaron Rodgers in training camp. You've caught passes from Aaron Rodgers. What, what would be your advice to these young wide receivers uh, and, and what they need to do to get on the field during the regular season, um, knowing that you, you've worked with Aaron before? Uh, number one thing with Aaron is he's got to be able to trust you to be uh, mentally, he's got to be able to trust you to be in the right spot be where you're supposed to be, make the adjustments according to the coverage that you're supposed to make. Um, the thing with, is it Jamon or Jamon? I've heard it said 20 <laughs> different ways. I'm not sure I know. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows. But the rookie Moore, we'll call him Moore, um, <laughs> he had drop issues early on in camp, which everybody was hung up about. He showed up last night, had some nice catches. Um, you know, the catches will come, especially for a young guy. Devontae had that issue early in his career, and look where he's at now. If you can show Aaron that you can be in the right spot and he can trust you mentally and you're on the same page, that, that's the most important thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know him well. Uh, where is he in the pantheon of all-time NFL quarterbacks? I, I'm sure you've probably gotten this question or some form of it before, but, I mean, we are a little bit spoiled as Green Bay Packers fans, I think. Just, just a little, right? Like... <laughs> Look at the Browns. They've had, is it, it's like 15 or 16 starting quarterbacks since different, like opening day, week one starting quarterbacks since 1999. Like, think about that. 15 or 16. Packers have had like two. You had Flynn start a game like every now and then. You had Hundley last year. But like actual starters, you've had two. Um, As far as, I hate doing rankings. Like when people ask me, what's your favorite? rock band or your favorite rock song who's your favorite quarterback who's the best quarterback like I hate doing those rankings because everybody 
all those things, everybody has something different that's very special to offer. They do it in their own way. It's very unique. Um, Aaron's no different. Like he's he's the type of player I, we haven't seen his combination of skills before, which makes him very special. Um, if I had to pin him down to a ranking, he's clearly a top five all-time guy for me, and I'm very biased. Um, if you want a specific number, sure, I'll, I'll call him number one. But I hate to do that <laughs> because that I feel like that slights so many other unbelievable quarterbacks to come before him. It slights Tom Brady right now, who's you know uh, part of a winning streak or, or tradition that we've never really seen. So that's yeah, a very long-winded answer, but... <laughs> It's all right. He's a top top five guy, yeah. (laughs) It's more time for the folks here in the audience to drink beers the more I talk. (laughs) You, of course, have played in Super Bowl XLV with Aaron Rodgers. We're going to be showing a replay of Super Bowl XLV later on tonight. What is your, the memory that stands out the most to you from that day, that night, um, winning that uh, Super Bowl ring you were wearing? Probably the best moment was uh, being on the field after the game, and it took a while to find my family. Like it was security was kind of weird about it, and my like my my wife and son had trouble getting down the field. But eventually, when they did get down there, to have them on the field and to hold my son, and um, he was still so young at the time, just you know being a few months old. But to have those pictures to look back on now, and uh, to share that moment with him on the field, that, that was really special. Because during the game, it, would, it felt like a normal game. It didn't feel like, oh, my God, this is Super Bowl, and there's these millions of people are watching. It felt like a normal game. So I didn't get caught up in, you know, um, cherishing, like, every single moment in play. It was, it was another game, but then after the game, it was really special. So. That's cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of beer here. Uh, we Tom's drinking an old-fashioned right now that I muddled, by the way. Good? It's very good. Awesome. Very, I may even have another. <laughs> Before this, though, you had a beer from Badger State Brewing. We have five of their beers on tap today. We're so happy they could bring here, bring a bunch of beers for us all the way from Green Bay. They don't normally distribute to Madison. It's delicious, by the way, the so IPA I have from Badger State. Thank you. You had the Grassy Place Hazy yes. IPA. Yep. Good? Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I loved I'm, it. I'm, and that's right up my alley, too. The, the hazy, the unfiltered IPAs, that's anybody that knows me, that's, that's my style, and they did a good job. So. Awesome. I'm drinking the Green Chop right now. I love it. Very sessionable, but still very flavorful. Thank you, Badger State, for coming here. Um, we're debuting today our tailgate beer rock that we're going to have on, on the menu just for Packers and Badgers games going forward. So it's your regular beer rock stuffed with bratwurst, cheese curds, sauerkraut. Tom had one earlier. How was it? Unbelievable. I'm going to have another one of those. I want to get I want an old fashioned right now. I want another tailgate beer rock right now. Let's Tyler, go. can you put in that order for us? <laughs> All Thank right. you, Tyler. Very good. Tyler makes a good old fashioned. Um, we're going to take a break here coming up. Uh, after the break, we're going to have the drawing for the pair of Green Bay Packers tickets to the December 2nd game, Packers versus Cardinals at Lambeau Field. And we're also going to have an audience q and I'm going to go out there in the audience with my microphone. If you want to ask Tom a question, 
Uh, we'll form a line out here in front and uh, we'll have a little segment. So just give us a minute here, take a break, and we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Railbird Central. Right now, we're going to do a little bit of audience Q&A. I got a bunch of fans here who want to ask Tom a question. Please tell me uh, your name and where you're from, and feel free to ask away. Sure. Uh, I'm Kirill. I'm from New York. I came down just for the event. Uh, happy to be here among the Packer fans. And um, the question I have for you, Tom, is... Uh, you got to experience a couple of things that a lot of players don't experience. So you played a, arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time with one of the top offenses, and you got to win a ring, which you know a lot of players regret they never got a chance to do. So now that all that is behind you, and you're living a normal life, and uh, what do you miss the most about the game? Um, I definitely miss... Probably the thing I miss the most is just being in the locker room, like the moments between meetings, between practice, hanging out with the guys, joking around, really like the stuff that's not even football related, um, you know, joking around with guys on the field, between plays, during practice, like that's what I miss the most, you know, you don't really get that back, you can't really duplicate that in any other way in life, um, so yeah, that, that's definitely what I miss the most. Good question. Thank, Thank you. you. Next up we have Heike from Rochester, Wisconsin. So just curious, what do you do now that you're retired besides drink cocktails and hang out in bars? <laughs> Not much else. That's about all I do. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I have a normal job that, you know, I work during the weekdays and I work from home. Um, spend a lot of time with my kids, whether it's, you know, playing or doing something around the house or taking them to sporting events or extracurricular stuff or um, school events. Um, so I have, a, I have a wife and two kids. I live down in Florida. We swim a lot. Um, yeah, so it's, I stay pretty busy, very busy. So thank you. thank you. Next question. Hi, my name is Ben from Fort Atkinson. Um, I would like your opinion on Jay Cutler's reality show, Very Cavalier, <laughs> and whether or not you would ever consider a guest spot on that show or uh, forming one of your own and I'm, I'm free on the weekends by the way well <laughs> your mustache and nobody at home knows this right now but your mustache is phenomenal by the way I love it um, <laughs> I'm starstruck by your mustache um, the Jay Cutler show like I hate to admit it but it's actually pretty inter entertaining it's not even well it's Kristen's show basically but Jay Cutler makes an appearance and if you haven't seen it it's just a reality show that follows him and his family around. His wife has kind of a fashion line, that, a business. But it's cool, the behind-the-scenes stuff and him at home. He's kind, of, he's kind of cold and kind of a jerk to her friends, which is kind of funny. It makes for good TV. So I, he's pretty good. I enjoy it. I don't think I'd ever get invited onto his show. I've said some probably not-so-nice things to, about him to him on Twitter. Um, half joking, but um, I don't think I'd ever get invited, so no. And I don't really have any plans to open my house up to a rea reality TV, so there you go. Next question. Hoff from Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Tom, Tom, the NFL is using the preseason here to, I guess, refine the helmet contact on yep. using the helmet. Do you have any confidence that they're going to take the next week to get that 
clarified because there certainly looks like the way they're handling it now, that, that call could make a lot of difference in a lot of games. Yeah, it's, it's not very encouraging here in the early going. I don't think, I don't like the rule as it is and the way they've been calling it. Like it's slowing the game down, it's changing, it's penalizing guys for what appear to be normal tackles. Like I, no one really understands what's going on. And then they came out with a statement the other day that everything's fine and they're not changing the rule. They're not, you know, easing back on it. They're going forward as planned. Um, which I think is a mistake. Like, and I could get, I could talk about this for 20 minutes. I'll try to sum, sum up how I feel in, you know, a few seconds. But the big issue with the concussion, CTE, head injuries, that type of stuff has been uh, the fact that the NFL withheld that information, what they knew about it uh, a few years back. Um, well, now we know the consequences of concussions and what that could mean down the road for someone in their life and for an ex-player. And guys are still playing, and they understand that risk now. There's more literature. There's more education about it now. Um, why not let those guys play the game like we know it with the hits that we know and love since they know the risk, they know what could happen to them down the road. We can, we can try to make the game a little bit safer, but let's not bubble wrap these guys. They know the risk. You know the risk if you're skydiving. And you know, unfortunately, there's a chance. I know we have kids here. Cover your ears. <laughs> there's a chance your parachute could not open. Like, that's a, it's a risk. Just like I know playing football, I know now, back when I played, I, I wasn't really sure I knew I'd get a concussion. I didn't know what that meant. Is it that bad? Well, yeah, now we know it's really bad. So guys know that if I get a concussion, this could be really bad for me down the road. But they're still willing to play. They'll take that risk. So I, I think the NFL is making a mistake in um, trying to protect these guys when they already know the risk. Like, just let them play the game. Is that a good? Long answer. But that's how I feel. Good question. Hey, Brian. Steve Tate from DeForest, Wisconsin. Hey, Tom. Hey, Steve. So a few of us fans have been around a couple decades, and as you come in a player, sometimes with not knowing the full history and the rivalries, do the rivalries to the players mean as much to some of us fans? And two, do you get certain rivalries of your own or certain players that you'd really like to take it to? Uh, yeah, there's certainly, once you're on with a team, and especially being in Green Bay for a few years, uh, one thing I found was, you know, obviously the rivalry with Chicago, it was it was big, and it felt like preparing those weeks. It really did feel like uh, it felt different. It felt like a rivalry. It felt like a bigger game, um, which like it almost felt like like back in college we had rivalries. Like it it had that feel to it uh, in the week leading up to the game. So yeah, it certainly it that definitely develops as a player. You kind of develop that. I don't want to say hatred, but you develop that like. That dislike for, for another team, definitely. Thanks. Yep. Name and where you're from. Hi, I'm Scott from Madison. Um, you've always impressed me as a student in the game. Do you have interest in coaching at all in the future? Uh, really, no. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy as far as coaching, like, one-on-one -on -one type of stuff, like with my son, teaching him fundamentals of the game. Um, whether it be how to run a certain route or how to how to step when blocking or like that type of stuff I get into like the real the details of the game um, I really have no desire to like be a head coach or even a position coach really at this point um, I, I've seen what those coaches at the college and pro level go through and they really sacrifice a lot of their family time and 
Uh, you know, everybody's different. That's fine. They, if they're cool with that, that's fine. But it's, I don't think it's for me. So. Thank you. Yep. Three more questions. Kathleen from Cottage Grove. Hi, Kathleen. What was the least favorite thing, uh, I should say least offensive thing, in practice, and then when you're actually in a game, what was your favorite play? What, so what do you mean least offensive in practice as far as I was trying to say, language? Like no, that kind what, of offensive? What was, what was the thing what that I like you the least? really did not like at all? I was just trying to be politically correct. So certainly, like, um, having to practice, like, there was this thing where we felt like we had to practice because the game was going to be cold on Sunday. We had to practice all week in the cold. And, like, as players, like, we hated that. We hated having to be out in 10 or 20-degree weather all week just because the game was going to be cold. We were like, look, let's just practice inside the Don Hudson Center. Let's practice indoors, stay warm all week. If it's cold on game day, fine, we'll be okay, but... I don't know. Coach McCarthy wanted us outside, and maybe there's something to that, getting our bodies adjusted to the cold for the game. And uh, I, th I think other teams coming in from warmer cities or dome teams, they may have been at a disadvantage coming in, not practicing in the cold all week, and then coming in freezing their butts off. So I didn't like it, but maybe it helped. So, And then what was your – you had another question? The other question was, is in the game, yep. which was your favorite play call to participate in? Favorite play call? Um, well, I didn't get the ball very often, so anything that would like get me the ball, that was fun in a selfish way. I also enjoyed like our four-minute offense, which is like if you have the lead and you got to drain the clock, you got to run the ball. I was usually in on that for blocking purposes, and I enjoyed that because if your four-minute offense was clicking, like it was really demoralizing for a defense. Like you would. There was nothing they could do. They knew they had to stop you. They knew you were going to run the ball, and there was nothing they could do about it. You just run it, run it down their throats, run the clock out, game over, you win. So that was always a fun situation. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Name and where are you from? Hi, Brian. I'm Brian from Rockford. Tom, with the third and fourth week of the exhibition season coming up, or we're in it right now. Yep. Can you give us some insight as to what the players, I mean, you were, you know, Right there, wondering what's going on, how's it going, what are you thinking about in these games, as opposed to the starters, which pretty much have their jobs locked up. Could you just give us a little insight into how it affects you, not only as a football player, but also your regular life? Yeah, so as kind of a guy there for a year or two where my spot on the roster wasn't always certain, um, I hate to admit it, and most guys won't, but I would play, like, the numbers game in my head. I would try to figure out, okay, I know we got this many roster spots, and I would look at different positions and be like, this, I would I'd be like, this guy, he hasn't been playing much in the preseason or he's not very good. Like, I'm going to make it over him. And it didn't have to be a tight end. It could have been, like, a linebacker or a defensive end, somebody I was competing with as well, like, on special teams positions. So I would play the numbers game. Like, I, I was very realistic down to earth about it. I was like, this guy's better than me. Like, he's, pretty, like, he's good. He's going to be on the roster. He contributes a lot. Um, so I was always, like, evaluating my position. And they tell you not to do that. For me, it didn't really bother me. Like, I was realistic about it. So I was always kind of evaluating and reevaluating where I stood. So, yeah. And it, wa it wasn't terribly stressful either, like, at home or with cuts coming up. It wasn't terrible. If I was going to get cut, so be it. If not, then... 
you know, back to work. So. And our final question, your name and where you're from. I'm Eric from Partyville. And, yeah, uh, it's kind of a two-part question. Who was someone there to kind of take you underneath their wing if there was anyone that kind of helped you out? And who was the player that you didn't like to play against that was dirty, that you didn't get along with, that you couldn't stand? Oh, man, that's a good one. As far as somebody taking me under their wing, um, in Green Bay specifically, uh, I think what, what made that team so great and still so great right now is everybody kind of contributes as far as that's concerned. So whether it's another position, a running back communicating with you, whether it was a guy like John Kuhn communicating with you or Aaron or Jordy or Driver or like everybody was willing to, for the good of the team, communicate and critique in a constructive way, like what we need to work on, what we need to change. Communication was always great with the offensive line. We were tight with them. Uh, my tight end coaches, Ben McAdoo, Jerry Fontenot, they were awesome. Uh, they, they weren't jerks. They don't need to, you don't need to yell at somebody or, you know, get on them just to prove a point or get something across. They were, they'd come to you calm and be like, look, you can't do that or this. Um, if you screw up more than once, then they'll, they'll yell at you if needed. But, um, so, yeah, it was kind of a team effort. Uh, what was your other... Uh, who was the guy that you didn't like going against? Guy that against I didn't like going against? Um, there was nobody really dirty. I know me and Brady Papinga, we got into it a lot, like my first year, just in practice. going at, But really, it, it was constructive. It was in a competitive manner, like just blocking each other, him being on defense and, and me a tight end. Like, it, was, it was good for me as a young guy. Um, Cliff Avril from he played played for Detroit for a while Seattle he was always, he was net and I don't want to say he was dirty at all that was not the case but he was tough like I, it was one of those guys I knew I had my work cut out for me going against him um, so yeah but it, nobody comes to mind that was like dirty or a jerk or anything like that so good question. Well, before we get to our drawing here, thank you everybody for coming to Packer Fest. I want to remind you, we are going to have weekly editions of Railbird Central live here Tuesday nights once the regular season starts. So after the Packers regular season opener, every Tuesday night we'll be here 8 p.m. next edition of Railbird Central. So we'll get to that drawing. Everybody stick around. We've got the Super Bowl uh, replay coming up at 6 p.m. Grab a Badger State beer. Grab a... Beer Rock, Tailgate Beer Rock, available only on game days. And let's get to this here, Tom, that, that jar you behind ready? you. We'll let Tom pick the winner here. This is good for a pair of tickets to the December 2nd game, Packers versus Cardinals at Lambeau Field. Go ahead. I don't know, you got to close your eyes, Tom? Or I'm going to shake it up. Here, okay. we're going to shake it up real quick. Got to be fair. Tom's shaking the jar that all the cards, the names are in right now. Sticking his hand in the jar. Mixing them up. And it looks like he's got a card. 
All right, here we go. The winner for the Packers tickets is... Brian Heights. Yeah! <laughs> we got the winner in house. Congratulations, Brian. I'll talk to you later. And once again, thanks again, everybody. Thanks to Tom for being our gracious guest here thanks today. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll see you during the regular season. <laughs>